Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Linfield. Hello, Ryan. Mr. Philip Ellis. Guten Tag. Mr. Guy Halford. Hello. And on his way, it's Mr. Nate Crowley. Or Yay. Fred Crowley. Or Frog Crowley. Depending. He has many names. <laughs> the man of many names. So... Whilst we get here, shall we have a chat about what we got to this week? Go on, my shall, shall we start this week? Um, yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. you can, you can go in because I've got, like, I've got nothing this week really. Oh no, you've got. We went to see a Beach Boy or two Beach Boys. <gasps> how many Beach man. Boys were there? <laughs> two. <laughs> oh, and how how was that concert? I think Mr. Wilson's possibly past retirement. Right, you know, you like you see like a, a wedding band or like a covers band. So like it felt like them just doing really bad Beach Boys covers to begin with, and then um, then when they played Pet Sounds and Fool, that was quite cool because that's quite chilled out album. Because I don't want to hear all the surfer crap. I just want to hear like the proper Beach the Boys, romantic yeah. Beach Boys. And then at the end, they went back to all the surf stuff like Fun 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 Surf in USA. And then like everybody and their dog decided it was a good idea to start dancing. Um, and it was kind of like you could tell who who had had the cheap tickets. Yeah, I mean, if if you've been on Twitter, have you ever like looked at the hashtag white people dancing? <laughs> Imagine like a thousand of those crowded into an into oh. a car park. Oh wow! Just like no rhythm amongst any of them. Um. Yeah, and I was also annoyed because there was um there was a chap next to me, Anna Raquera, um, with his wife also Anna Raquera, uh, and and friend probably Anna Raquera. <laughs> Um, there was a, they bought some the Beach Boys bought some guy um, on stage and I can't remember his name I think he'd played with them in the 70s yeah. anyway he had a certain type of American accent um, which was unintelligible <laughs> yeah and the guy next to me decided for the rest of the show that it was great to try and impress his friends by doing Rick impressions now we know I'm not the biggest Rick and Morty fan so I'm quite annoyed with this. but like every time after song he was like to his friends we gotta go back, Marty. And it's kind of like you're, I'm gonna say he's a prick. You're, you just you ruined that for me. Like I don't, I think get like I think trying to do impressions to make your friends laugh is cheap comedy. So like if it's, you're not naturally funny, don't open your mouth. It's what you do in like at school. Yeah. It was pathetic. It honestly, it was pathetic. I felt sorry for his wife. I wouldn't have been his friend. I just I felt like kicking him, like in the shin. I'm just saying, like this is, this is not this is not a thing that people need to do. Like it was it was tragic. My my favorite part of the evening though was Kurt turned up in a very fetching yellow cagoule. Would you say? Yeah, it was, it was I, like French fisherman star coat. I saw a photo of that on Facebook, and oh, he could get it. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the funny thing was where we were standing, about three ladies in a very similar coat walked past. I bet he wore it better though. He did wear it better. He did wear it better, but I did feel like I was going to lose him at one point. (laughs) You were just going to grab the shoulder of some random lady with dark hair. (laughs) Or like some boyfriend's going to get really confused coming in from behind. (laughs) I 
proved myself to be a liability again. I am public, which isn't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a man. I won't describe the man, but I turned around quite loudly and said, "I think that's the man who killed all the <laughs> a few years ago." Oh my god! You just shouldn't. It's you shouldn't. <laughs> just don't say things. <laughs> and then he heard. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, 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 oh I, 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 yeah, that was lucky. Yeah, we got um, glared at for a considerable significant period well, of time. You know, I just was just saying what I saw. And also, the of the end of the gig, uh, this chap came up to us and he was, I don't know what he was on. I reckon he got, like, whatever Brian Wilson was on, he was on. Um, and he came up to us and he was like, that was, like, one of the best gigs that I've ever seen in my life. That is top five. And me, Kirk and Ryan were like, really? Like... <laughs> Was, do more things. Yeah. It's like see more stuff. And then he kind of just followed us for a while. So I thought, do you know what? No, I'm going. I'm going with this. So I thought I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to play along with this for a bit. And um, basically, I got. I was asking him like, so what, what would you put in your top five? How would you rewrite the list? You know, just winding him up a bit. And he was like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd put Nirvana at number one. And he was like, I saw Teenage Fan Club back in the 90s. Oh, I nearly lost my virginity to, to the... Like, I like to nearly lost his virginity. Um, and then he, then he started singing me a Teenage Fan Club song. And it was like, I, I guess it was kind of romantic. Um, and then then he asked me my name. He said, no, first he said, my name's Dougal. Which I, I, thought, I thought it was rubbish. I literally wasn't having any of it. Isn't that like the dog from Magic Round? It is the dog from Magic Round. But it genuinely was, his name was Dougal. Yeah. Because um, one of Kurt's friends knew him. He was telling us a good 10, 15 minutes about this Nirvana gig that he saw in 1992 in Nottingham, was it? Yeah. And it was kind of like, yes, you've seen Nirvana. Very, very, your best ever gig. But But also, I I do believe that one of the most boring, soul-destroying things in the world is hearing a white man talk about music. Nasty. <laughs> really? That's, that's just like you feel seen now, don't you? Guys? That is that is my life. But I mean, it's like talking about music. It's like just play the music. I don't care about talk. I mean, I, there's only so much you can say about music or about a gig that you were like that, that someone else. I take you're not a fan of like Giles Peterson or John Peel. I don't know her. But like you know, like, when someone's telling you like about like you know a gig or a festival they're at, it's like well I wasn't there, so I don't care. I really don't care. I agree. And I, I can agree only pretend that. to be interested for about a minute, and then I'm like, right, I will look at one photo, make it a good one. Don't try and play me a video of, of this band performing live. I I don't care. And honestly, you're the one being rude for trying to force me to feign interest. You're the one stepping over the line of friendship and common decency here. Well, somebody somebody found it necessary to start recording a video on their phone as soon as the gig started. I'm not having this. Took the ball of paper at him. He stopped recording. So I'm not, I'm not having I, I took five photos for the entire night, I think. Oh, yeah, one of them was of us, so that's yeah. very technical. Like, take a video, you know, take take like a five-second video, stick it on your Instagram story, and then put your phone in your it's, pocket it's and actually like, enjoy it. It's like the people who video fireworks. Oh, like, my God. Why? Who is when that are you for? ever, ever, ever going to watch fireworks ever again on your phone? And when have fireworks ever looked good on a phone camera? Just, just, just stop. Basic, basic, Pu- basic. Geeky, rummy, public service <laughs> announcement. Do not video fireworks. Don't care when, don't care where, don't care how, unless you've got professional DSLR or full-on video camera rig. Do not even bother to try videoing fireworks. Just enjoy the loud bang and then go back to your local life. I think and this is an issue with today and 
the way that smartphones have been developed is everybody now watches it through a five inch or six inch rectangle then they don't actually get involved and enjoy the gig it's like the guy who's videoing he was stood stock still slap bang in front of quite a lot of people's vision for at least a good three or four oh, yeah, minutes before you threw something at him. And it's kind of like, well, how are you actually enjoying this? Because you, all you're doing is just holding your phone up. And I can't imagine that Brian Wilson's going to be getting tons of likes if you stick that on social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine his Twitter profile is like full on yeah. great content. Is that, is that an engaged fandom? Yes. Well, what I did enjoy about the Dougal situation, though, was um, like he asked, he asked me my name. Nice, Ryan. Um, he asked me. He asked me my name, and uh, I didn't feel like I wanted to disclose that information to him. So uh, I said my name was Mark. Uh, and you were from Wales. I was from Wales. And oh, was, hi, Mark. And that was I, I was, was your Ryan, cousin. Yeah, I was Ryan was my cousin, and I was stopping with him. Uh, and then he asked he, me what part of Wales I was from. Um, like, yeah, I mean, because I quite clearly sound like I'm a Welsh man, you know, I really... <laughs> what a tangled web we weave, Guy. I mean, you do look a bit Welsh, I must admit. My favourite bit was asked what part of Wales I was from, it's like, now I live in Birmingham, that's why Mark's come to stay with me. And it was like, I get you, I get you. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but also, who's nosy enough? Like, who cares? Yeah, he was who high as a kite. Sorry, no offence, but like, if I ran into you guys in a gig and I didn't know you, I wouldn't be talking to you. I mean, at the end of the, end of the day, Phil, the guy said Brian Wilson live in, in a car park in Digbeth was the best thing <laughs> of his life. This is what we're dealing with here. Why was there a, a period where somebody could have a chat with you? What was going on there? No, there wasn't no period, Keith. He just he just saw us at the end of the gig and decided it was his right to latch on to us. Like, okay. like he, I think he was on his own. We, but but maybe Kirk one... smiled at him, I don't know. Maybe Kirk, Kirk, Kirk <laughs> like, gave a window of opportunity. That flirt, Kirk. In that yellow uh, cagoule. Maybe he like... thought he was a lady from behind with the beautiful flowing hair and the yellow coat, so he thought, I might pull yeah. He committed, and he went, I've got to go through with this now. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't win with Teenage Frank of, maybe Brian Wilson's going to... Make the day for me. I, I think, like, wrapping this segment up about Brian Wilson, because we have babbled on him after, what was tragic is that um, he came out on, on and off on a, on a Zimmer frame, and they like, that sucks, man. You don't want to see a, like, a legend having to leave the stage and come on the stage with a Zimmer frame. I think what was even more depressing is Kirk only came for one song for Brian Wilson to play, which is one of his great favourite <laughs> songs of all time, which is In My Room, which is on Pet Sounds. And this was it's Brian... not. Is it not on Pet it's Sounds? It's not on Pet it. Sounds. It's Brian Wilson presents Pet Sounds and other Beach Boys songs. So you think In My Room is quite a well-known, well-established Beach Boys song? Uh, I don't know it. Uh... Yeah, well, Kirk got nothing from that. <laughs> so he's like waiting the entire time. It's like, he'll do it as the encore, he'll do it as the encore. Show finished. Everybody left, and Kurt was just there like... Oh, oh, that's so sad. Yes. They did do God Only Knows, which was quite good to hear. Sure, I guess. I can think of a few things I'd prefer to do in a car park in Digbeth. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I bet there are, Keith. Yes. Talking of the sultry tones of Mr Keith Bluefield, what have you been up to? Me? What yes. have I been up to? I, I, had a, I had a staycation. In terms of I didn't go anywhere, apart from Kinva and the, the local canal, because I didn't go to a car park in Digby. <laughs> Do you um, live like a child from the 1970s when you have time off? No, it was like the 1940s. Going down the cut, do you take like a sherbet dip dab? Going, d- going down the canal, going, exploring Kinva Edge in the rock what caves. Are, what words are we, is he using? I don't... What's a Kinva? Uh, and, <laughs> Kinva? And how does one get to the edge of Kinva it? Kinva is a place with lovely sandstone caves, which is okay. south of the city. I don't know. Somewhere I don't, I, I don't navigate like Canon. Oh, yeah. And they have tea rooms with people who think that you've got 
eight hours to spend waiting for a cup of tea and a sandwich. And people used to live in the caves, and you can go and visit their old houses. Yeah, and they have allotments. It's really exciting. Um, I mean, truly. And quite nice Joining to us, Mr. Mr. Nate Crow. Hello, it's Nate here. I'm back. Um, <laughs> is Kimber where they get Kimberlite from, which is the ore that often contains diamonds? I have no, no idea. It's Kinver, not okay. Kimber. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> Useless geology reference. I'll leave the conversation. They have sandstone. Again. Yes. That's, it's, I know what they have. It's very well known for production of sand in Stonefall. Also a good rock, but you know, not classic for engagements. Uh, I mean, if you want to go and Minecraft yourself out for the day, <laughs> this, is, this is the place to go. I've been playing a bit of that again recently. Actually, lovely game. <laughs> Um, and I bought some tickets to go and see the Wombats next year, so uh, I've had lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I just, I've started playing Destiny 2 yes. and realised that I should have played it ages ago because I quite like it. Um, so I've splashed out on the Forsaken set as well. So I should be playing that because it's quite good because I can play it for half an hour and it's enough. It's a game that you can actually just have a short You can dip in and dip out. It's good. Yeah, I can yeah. do it as I went, so it's quite good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was it. So it was, I'm, I'm having a proper holiday in. Um, <laughs> Someone's sorry. got the horn for keys. <laughs> I think that They're was the car park. Uh, that that chili's gone straight through me. Um, <laughs> I'm having a proper holiday. I'm going to the seaside at Halloween instead. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> interesting choice. Yeah, go to the seaside at Halloween. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you spooky. want a serial killer to chase you. Or I am times. a serial killer, Phil. This oh, is you're, the and thing. you're going to be targeting some horny teens at their cabin. Yeah. In in uh, in in Wales, strangely, where Mark's from, um, so <laughs> can I go and stop with Mark for a couple of days over Halloween? It's all good, yeah. So that's what I did. Where on earth is Philip Ellis this week? <laughs> um, so I um, went to Berlin for the weekend. Da, 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 da. Not to the band. You had your. Did you have your breath? You had your breath taken away. Um. We'll leave that story for later. Well, in in a sense, yes, because in a lot of bars they still smoke, and that that was one thing that um, I I do actually like about the UK now is that bars don't stink, um, and you don't come out reeking. Um, no, I had a lovely weekend. My my friend treated me to a weekend away for my birthday, so we spent a couple of nights in Berlin. We were out until seven or eight in the morning both nights because I might be thirty one, but I'm still I can still. Party, I can still throw down. You're never 31. No, I am now. Cool. I'm 12 two days ago. Yeah. Can, we, wow. can we address the fact that to celebrate your birthday, you posted a very top man catalogue post? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, uh, yeah. I did want to know which indie rock star you had stolen that hat off. Well, it was like a little bit of Harry Styles and a little bit of Bobby Burke from Queer Eye. Yeah. And then just a little bit of Philip Ellis. I think it was a lot of Philip Ellis, to be honest. That would be the name of your chat show, a little bit of Philip Ellis. Because <laughs> a little bit goes a long way. <laughs> yes, and then I just um, I, I went back and spent um, a day or two with the fam in uh, in Telford and caught up with everyone. Were you bartending again? No, no, it was. Um, I, I went round and my mum had put on dinner and she'd uh, surprised me by inviting my bestie round and we just had a very nice chilled evening with wine and. and food and stuff very nice um, so I've only just got back into doing work and stuff today after basically a week of, uh, of, of, of dragging this out and really milking it as it's I do every like year it's not like you're 30 anymore <laughs> Phil I, 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 <laughs> no, well, I think I made my I made my 30th last about a month yeah <laughs> 
We are joined by the Dolphin Wow, Tones. what awkward silence that was. Like, <laughs> like Phil's done now. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm done, you can all go. It was a pregnant pause before, uh, before me, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. Well, yeah, actually, it was a pregnant pause. <laughs> my wife was pregnant. Um, and then after that nine-month pause, uh, I have a daughter. She's called Talassa. Uh, she's named after the primordial titaness of the sea. In Greek mythology, um, she's only really interested in milk. But other than that, she's she's pretty good. Um, what else? Oh, oh, I've got a bag. For the purposes uh, of the listeners, we are we are handing Mister Crowley a bag. Oh, I've got a bag. Shall I open it? You can I'm, open. I'm it. just going to make you can it open radio. It's, it's, a, it's a nice grassy green with bunnies on. I'll do some holy work. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, that's the innards. What have we got? Oh, it's a lovely... Oh, it's a sort of a velvety frog. It's a a frog prince. It's got a little crown. It's a glittery frog. It's brilliant. That is where my uh, Twitter handle's Frog Croakley. My wife's is Glitter Brawl. So uh, the child's unfortunately got the portmanteau glitter frog. (laughs) Uh, It's actually pretty sick. Um, Is that for Nate or his child? I'm confused. It's for for me. Whomever. (laughs) It's for for Tally because it's a glittery frog. And it's got a frog prince when Nate's... Away from home. Well, thanks, guys. That's a moment of genuine emotion. Uh, <laughs> cheers. Yes. Uh, what else has been going on for you? You got me? married. Yeah, I got married. <laughs> um, we we had a, a, a big laugh at Dudley Zoo and then I went to Changying in Birmingham, which is great. Still got a load of frozen Chinese food in my freezer. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, I have recently had a Warhammer 40,000 short story published. Um, this is my new hill I'll die on that tabletop war games are cool. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that that's kind of a 12-year-old me's dream come true. And I've been writing um, a, a fictional sort of Lonely Planet travel guide to fantasy worlds um, on a project with HarperCollins, uh, which I don't think has been announced yet, but I'll talk about it anyway. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Makes seeing a beach boy feel really small. I'm wondering if Nate was playing some bizarre game of life bingo and he's, he's going to move house next week. Married, <laughs> child, move house. Yeah, get all do you done. remember the game of life board game when he had the spinner at the top? Nate's just a, it's a Ted <laughs> recently. <laughs> Snake eyes again and again. Uh, yeah, I decided there wasn't enough change in my life so I quit smoking as well, which has been a laugh. Uh, <laughs> so it's been a very busy board. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely to be back. Lovely to have you. We've missed you. I missed you too. Keith, I don't, as you've forgotten your Omnicord again. I haven't forgotten it. I just, you have. I haven't forgotten it. I knew where it was. Looked at it, thought, can I drag that around all day or not? Decided no. Is he still on about his Omnicord? Yeah. yeah, I've got I've got a case I'm watching on eBay that I'm going to get. So if I can get a case, it'll make it a little bit easier to carry it around. Is that a transformer? No, it's a, um, <laughs> it's a it's a musical instrument that allows you to make music with no musical ability whatsoever. So it's got like buttons for chords and a strum plate. It's, uh, it's the, uh, oh, see those? Those are it's sick. Because we watched Flight of the Concords and they both had Omnicords, then Keith became. I, I became obsessed with it and wanted one and um, picked one up on eBay. Is that the ident? <laughs> yes. What's the ident for? Weird news. Oh, weird news. Oh, you I know the section we do after the how are yeah. you section? Because I've written I've written words to this and I keep forgetting them. Um, so it's weird news. Oh no, I can't even do it properly. Oh, God damn it! Oh. Right. Weird news is made of clicks. 
Who am I to disagree with the terrible words that some random person has written as a weird news story today? That's not the proper lyrics. I've got a different one, but I oh, made that up on oh, the cuff. When you said made of clicks, I thought you were going to rhyme with something else in the next one. <laughs> right. Come on, spin the wheel. Three stories. Noel Gallagher finds lost unreleased album in sock drawer. Has he released it just to the sock drawer? Because <laughs> I don't think his socks are going to buy many. Is that the one that's nominated for the Mercury right now? I'm sure there's plenty of things Noel Gallagher's released to the sock drawer. Oh! Wow. <laughs> for a laugh and some funding, the city of Mayo, Florida, changes its name to Miracle Whip. Man busted with 800 pounds of stolen lemons. Imagine busting a man with 800 pounds of lemons. eating. <laughs> this isn't the same guy that stuffed a bunch of crabs down his trousers the other no. week. I am immediately filled with burning curiosity about the lemon man. Shall we do lemon man first? No name at the top of this article, but it is from NBC San Diego 7. State class in San Diego. There's, 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 does that mean there's like San Diego has an NBC 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6? I don't know. They're like putting random numbers on their TV channels. In it's, the it's to signify whereabouts they are. So it's yeah. by Ron Burgundy, basically. Yes. Okay, right, okay. Can you read it in that voice, please? I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Could you do a champ? You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Can you do a champ kind impression halfway through, please? It's a whammy, you mean? Yeah. Whammy! <laughs> I, th- I think I'll be better off being Brick. What's the guy? Is it for weather? Brick, yeah. Yes, Brick, Brick, Brick yeah. Tamman. Yes. What's the other guy called? I don't know, Paul Rowe. Brian Fontana. Yes. What a diversion that was. <laughs> <laughs> sucked into a memorial prank. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch Anchorman 2, that's my only advice. That's well, alright. New story, come on. A 69, stop it Keith, year nice. old man, was arrested in Thermal, California. Not a place, go on. <laughs> Not in his thermals. Oh yeah, I sort of think he's like, is he wearing a fleece? <laughs> For possessing 100 pounds of stolen lemons, allegedly from a nearby farm. Was it from Shelbyville? Is this 100 pounds in weight or 100 pounds in value? 800 pounds in weight. 800? But 100 pounds worth? Yes. Okay. No, no, it just says possessing hundreds of pounds of stolen okay. lemons. Okay, it, 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 it would be dollars in America, not pounds, yes. remember? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's like two and a half Dwayne the Rock Johnsons of lemons. <laughs> so he must have like been pilfering those, like, you know, a small bag at a time. Because so, a 69-year-old gentleman could so not carry two. He's a colossus. Some well, of the words that come out on this show, <laughs> pilfering, lollygagging, Bobby Dazzler, what is this? This is not last of the summer wine, lads. Is it what? I'm thinking weight-wise, is it a Dwayne the Rock Johnson, a John Cena, and a Rob Schneider, just to like balance it out? Ah, uh, the man train, yes. <laughs> That's like the three stages of man. <laughs> Shall we return to the new story? Please do. I don't even know how to pronounce this name. Dionysio Fieros? Dionysio? Stop, stop, give it, stop, give it, stop, give it, stop, give it. I mean, it's quite a Dionysian thing to do, stealing it, it is, yeah. three wrestlers' worth of It's food. like hedonism bot from Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I bet he apologises for nothing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Dionysio Fieros, yeah. Yeah. Greek as close as I'm going to get. Was he called Lemon Stealer? Of Los Angeles was pulled over at 9.45am at the intersection of Grapefruit Boulevard and Pierce Street. <laughs> this is crap, you. This is a crap. <laughs> he was arrested when deputies found 800 pounds of freshly picked lemons in his vehicle that sheriff's officials said were stolen. Was he driving a cartoon apple? Does he live in some sort of children's show about fruit? <laughs> the arrest was part of a larger ongoing investigation to agriculture theft in the Coachella Valley. Uh, who's investigating lemon theft? <laughs> this must be cr- like, is there no murder or rape going on to investigate? No, lemon theft. It's oh, in Coachella Valley, Riverside County. So this is where Coachella is on every year. 
Was he on his way to a lemon party? <laughs> <laughs> I like how excited really he mix, was. Really mixed signals there. It's like, guys, I bring 800 pounds of lemon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have fun. Yes. <laughs> I don't care about you all. That, that Maybe he has like a ton of pancakes. Oh, yeah. Or he just really wants like a Cuba Libre and he got carried away. Lemon, <laughs> fresh <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> Maybe setting up a lemonade stand. Maybe his house is filthy and he needs to have the lemon juice to clean it. Maybe he's writing lots of invisible ink letters. Mm. This sounds like the perfect crime so far. Did, like, Sergeant Satsuma from the Fruit Cops (laughs) spot his trail? What happened, right? Well, the sheriff actually has a real... uh, a, a realistic name. Riverside County Sheriff Sergeant Chris Frederick. Was the person who caught him? Two first names. He's done porn. Yes. <laughs> Fieros was booked into the Indio jail and was released after posting ten thousand dollars bail. Oh wait, what are you in for? Oh, I, I, I had a domestic fight. What are you in for? I robbed a convenience store. What are you in for? I robbed some lemons. Don't look at him. He's the lemon man. Not but some lemons. Ten thousand dollars. Many lemons. Many, many, lemons. many lemons. I've not really got from this story that he actually did rob them. He was just found with them in his vehicle. So, well, he's he's confirmed. Confirmed. so he was just up. receiving was the just, stolen lemons. Yeah, it was a yeah. possession of stolen lemons. Because they're assuming, because it was a bit of, they, they, it's a frame-up, I reckon. They were well, trying to like, he's clear a their board. We need, to, we need to nail somebody for robbing all of his fruit. Some pillars are on us. They, they can't do their next shipment if we don't get some lemons. What? Maybe they were Al Caponing him. Maybe he was like a proper mob boss. But they did the old plant 800 pounds of lemons on him and, and take him away for that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to notice that in the back seat, though, aren't you? They could get Trump that way, actually. <laughs> it, would have, it, would have to be, it would have to be oranges. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> as is traditional. Florida style. That car would smell divine, though, wouldn't it? Forget your pine-fresh little Christmas tree. See, I'm more of a lime kind of guy. <laughs> I guess you could say this all turned out a bit sour. You could. <laughs> I, I was surprised there was not more citrus-based penage in that news article. That was was that cool. the end of it? Was it not yeah, more? That was it. Thank, that thank, was all. thank you for uh, like at least like Mardi laughing at my poor joke. Like, <laughs> at least giving it some recognition. Like Phil just got glared at me. <laughs> there was no real arc to that story. <laughs> just, a man just, stole some lemons. He did his time. What got me was he was on the corner of Grapefruit Street, and they didn't even pick up that on the article <sighs> description. It's kind of like. This was like a sub-Ed's field day to have fun. Do you know, why, do you know why, Ryan? What? Because the article's crap. This was a sub-Ed's day to have fun with that article, and they just, no, no effort put in. It just doesn't appeal. I'm very, oh. I'm very disappointed that this wasn't on uh, the BBC headline news. I think it's BBC <laughs> bias against fruit and vegetables, uh, and that story should have been given the, you know... More, Look, it's more not prominence. Theresa May dancing. Let's move along. Mainstream media. Theresa, Theresa May doing what? Dancing. <laughs> I'm still struggling with that by second time, part. By the time this airs, that's old news. Move along. Oh, right. So right. she's going to do it again. It's a thing now. <laughs> Every time she comes on stage for a conference. Which school? When she's dancing, she's not lying. She looks like she learned how to dance for that game with the maracas that we had on the PlayStation 2. Oh, wow. There was, the, this, the Samba you right. Samba, Samba de Amigo. Yeah, she looked like she hadn't learned to dance at all. Does uh, anybody want to see her dance to the Hamsterdam song? You know, just like come out with a bit of bee ba 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 da ba. God, somebody laugh at my jokes today! Oh <laughs> my god! I'm just trying to work. You could use meat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd say she'd probably do more fields of gold, but relabel it fields of wheat. At least no, well, she could, to that one. She could dance to Wheatus. <laughs> I'll take a gentle chortle, yeah. <laughs> none, none of these are funny because everybody's precursoring them with she dances, 
It's like, no, can we stop been... talking about Theresa May? It's a sore spot for me now. Oh, God. And then and what she was wearing, oh, it was a vision. I'm not sure what, but it was certainly a vision. <laughs> Wasn't she wearing leopard skin shoes? Yes, yeah, she was, because she was in Africa. She probably have to go his coat. Is Move along. Right. Stop talking about Are we doing sock drawers, albums, or Miracle Whip? Uh, 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 <laughs> Should we get Miracle Whip out of the way? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like I know the story, what the story's going to be, but I really don't care about the Gallaghers. So as as can I just get out of the way the whole idea that if it was me, if you were changing your name from Mayo, surely the place to go is Salad Cream. Yeah, so Americans, Americans don't understand what Salad Cream is. That's the issue. I'm not sure I understand what Salad Cream is, if we're being no. honest. Isn't it just like mayonnaise but with sugar? No. I understand it as being the thing I had when I was a kid until I discovered mayonnaise. It's and like, this was the seventies. This so was, it's it's like, like a substitute for mayonnaise. It's not. Isn't, isn't it basically the smell of a fridge that hasn't been cleaned out in a while turned into a paste? It, it's kind of. Yes. It's kind of the vegetable drawer in a fridge where stuffs just started to go soft. Yeah, like I've always it's filled me with a slight revulsion. But you know how in a lot of cooking, you know, like this, this. I think it was Anthony Bourdain who says like the sweetness comes from decay. Yeah. That's for real? Ba- yeah. yeah. So it's basically just liquid decay. Anyway, <laughs> back, back to America. It had to be Florida as well, didn't it? For starters off. So it's usatoday.com from Mike Snyder. Okay. Is that that's believable? A, that's enough? a real no, name. Keith has an issue. Mike with... Snyder. They're all made up names. Somebody somewhere sat in a room going, Alexa, write me a news story. <laughs> the town of Mayo is dressing up its name, at least for a few days. The oh, small north central Florida town changed its name to Miracle Whip as part of a branding prank to draw the attention of the city and Kraft Heinz salad dressing product. Isn't that... It sickens me. They should commit to the bits. Isn't Miracle Whip like, like American teens used to get high? I, no, that I, was, like, I, I thought... think that's drugs, guys. <laughs> no, they're like, they're like these certain like, cre- like cans of cream or something like that. And get oh, high. no, nitrous. you're right. Yeah, yeah, the like, nitrous is the problem. Yeah, I thought that was like Miracle Whip. Was that no, like... that's nitrous oxide to make whipped cream from heavy cream. Right. Okay. Oh, wait, it's not in the cans of Miracle no. Whip, though? No. Oh. Miracle Whip is a salad dressing, so it might be salad cream for a Oh, for real? I, it sounds like something you would put on desserts. Yeah. Okay, so already or the you'd find it a sale. Certain, or you'd find it a certain type of shop. <laughs> it sounds like a really bad, like, bit of DC Comics history, the Miracle Whip. Like, you crack it and, like... It's like... Miracle Whip come back to life. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a really rubbish villain from the Bronze Age of Comics where everybody's just forgot him. Well, like Shazam. He's <laughs> like... Oh yeah, I'm Miracle Whip. Shh. I really wanted to sign this character. Whoosh, and it rains money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read this sent- this paragraph as is because I don't understand the how this starts. Saturday, comma, the city unveiled its water tower with a new name atop it and hosted a picnic featuring foods made with Miracle Whip. Okay. In exchange for being known as Miracle Whip for several days, the city will get up to $25,000 in city beautification funds. That yes. is all? Yes. That's like not a lot. As part of the prank... City officials initially were to act as if the name change was permanent. We're not going to be boring Mayo anymore. We're going to be Miracle Whip, Mayor Anne Murphy said. I don't really think this will put us on the map. So this is basically so, like that time I agreed to tweet about Scampi for a month in exchange for 12 bags of Scampi. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Hashtag spawn. Yeah, yeah. But what gets me is Mayo is quite a distinctive name as it is. Why can't you just call your town Hellman's? I mean, I'm assuming there's mustard nearby, ketchup, and maybe brown sauce. So they, don't, they, don't, they don't do brown sauce over there because they're a backward country. Well, they'd have A1 steaks also. So if we call your show San Pellegrino Brummy, <laughs> we might get some San Pellegrino in. Why do you think I'm always tweeting about wine? 
Yeah, but what? Wine, the big brand name. Wine. <laughs> comes, in, comes in crates. Wine. <laughs> I have seen that on quite a few cartoons where boxes turn up and they are just labelled well, wine. Wasn't that wine out of a box? Some wasn't that like Red Dwarf for the season one? It was like all the beer was just called beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did this town watch something like Parks and Rec and thought that was actually how government works? Yes. Like, what do we do? <laughs> we're just, we're just do these weird things. The Kraft Heinz promotions team plans to capture video footage of residents talking about the name change and swapping out the mayonnaise in their refrigerator with Miracle Whip. By the way, Miracle Whip includes many of the same ingredients, oil, eggs, vinegar and water as mayonnaise, but do not have enough oil to be called a mayonnaise. I just wish they had the fortitude to make it permanent, then I'd respect them. Mm. Yes. But in the small towns such as Mayo, which has fewer than 1,500 residents, the fact that the name change really isn't really permanent wasn't destined to remain a secret for long. Everybody knows everybody. It's kind of been difficult to keep such a thing under wrap. Town clerk Linda Cohn said. Linda that, that is Linda's the one that's been gabbing to everyone. Yeah, Linda Cohn, yes. The city of Mayo, named after Confederate Colonel James Mayo, in oh, the county oh, of Lafayette yeah. County, the second least populous county in the state. The, air, the area's largest employer is the state prison. They missed a trick there because you said they couldn't keep it under wraps. They should have said, actually, it's easier to keep it in a wrap because it's uh, not as runny as mayo. Hey! Oh, there you go. The Miracle Whip. That would be good, Jan. We could, we could just we could go to America and sell all these really bad ideas to lots of small towns for a lot of money. We could be like, do you want a monorail? Do you want to change your name to <laughs> something else? Nate could come up with some brilliant names. We could shop them to different cities, get paid loads of money and just go, yeah. we're going to film you, talk How about it. How much to name a town Geeky Brummy? I think we could probably put a Kickstarter for that. I'd rather name a town Callum Baines. <laughs> That's called Eastbourne. <laughs> the Miracle Whip joke is the latest lark to boost brand equity. And lark! <laughs> lark, again, these words, lark. <laughs> Two months ago, there's a lot of archaic <laughs> language coming up. Today. Two months ago, the Domino's pizza chain paid for fixing potholes in the small town of Milford, Delaware. In exchange for topping the fixed potholes with the Domino's logo and the slogan, Oh yes, we did, the city got $5,000. I mean, if we're turning to, like, you know, FMCG food brands for, like, local governance and they're doing a better job than the actual government, fair play. Let them get on with it. It's a sort of a libertarian nightmare utopia, isn't it? Yeah. In I'm a, not comfortable. <laughs> in, attempt, in the attempt to keep the event secret, the city council met during a closed session. A potential violation of the state's open meeting laws, said Barbara Peterson, president of the First Amendment Foundation. If this is all supposed to be a big joke perpetuated on residents, I expect they probably violated the portal, violated the law to pull it off. Now I'd love if they ended up in jail and talking to the lemon guy. <laughs> what are you in for? Is there, a, is there a picture of that lady? No. Oh, that's a shame, because I'm expecting him to be standing there with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> she said... No, that's, that's the second amendment. <laughs> and she's defending the first with the second. <laughs> she said, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but seriously, I don't think they thought this through. Keith, you're right, this is Parks and Rec. <laughs> Bleeding into reality. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Go on, then. It's back, not by popular demand. Maybe Maybe McFadden watch. It's McFadden watch. <laughs> yes! Mate, especially this. for you. And Keith, it's a good non-news story. Oh, Phil's awesome. rolling his eyes into the back of his head here. Are we going to leave Noel Gallagher in his socks? Let's, let's yeah. dodge Noel Gallagher and, and revel in the wonderfulness of... I'm going to let you read this one, go on. All right. The t- headline is, No Selfie Respect. Go on. <laughs> Ross Kemp reveals he can't stand no, to be in the same room as EastEnders co-star Steve McFadden because he's sick of, ask- sick of being asked for selfies. Ross, Ross By McFadden. <laughs> 
I can't be in the same room as him because he keeps well, asking me for a selfie. No, we dearly lost one of the dearly departed Chuckle Brothers. There's not many brothers, brother duos going around. Yeah, they're not real brothers. Don't spoil my dreams. So there, uh, there's a lovely picture of Ross looking like Zippy, as always. Do you know you're right? <laughs> I, I just love it if they put a black Zippy on platform. gangs. <laughs> I'd love it if they just put a black that cloth like a behind that picture. Different show. Yeah. yeah, I'd love it if they put a black cloth behind that picture because he'd look like Holly from Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Got a black suit, black shirt, black tie. Ross Kemp could have well Ross Kemp could well have passed the chance of being reunited with on-screen brother Steve McFadden during last night's national television awards. While the EastEnders star both attended uh, both, while the EastEnders stars both attended the showbiz, showbiz bash, Ross 53 was telling people that he doesn't like being near the 58-year-old actor for one specific reason. Who <laughs> stinks? I can't believe this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. I've already been through. Everyone always asked. <laughs> Everyone always asks the Phil and Grant selfies. He said it's hardly surprising the actor might feel that way, given he has gone on to carve a serious career in an investigative journalism since waving goodbye to the soap character Grant Mitchell. Does he think he's better than the Mitchell? <laughs> I think he's he thinks he's better than Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Ross on gongs. <laughs> his series Ross Kemp on Gangs has even achieved BAFTA success during the 2006 award ceremony but despite it all Ross clearly still has a hard time shaking off his Grant type cast how many years has it been since he left EastEnders like a lot he's been he's back recently I know but it's kind of like it's not it's been his main thing for at least he's 15 been, years he's been doing Guy one stuff for like 15 years, yeah. He basically gets dropped in a war zone and then runs away. Here's where Keith's, yeah. Keith's going to like it. This is where it becomes a non-story, Keith. Okay, your favourite time. Whilst he might not be up for sharing selfies with Steve, it's believed the two are still on good terms with Ross telling the son they'd never say never to a future EastEnders return. Speaking about his brief return for the funeral of his on-screen mum, Peggy Mitchell, back in 2016, the star gushed, weird choice in words, that it was great catching up with Steve. You're right, Steve. You're right, Ross. You're right, Steve. You're right, Ross. See you in a few years. He infused in a chat last year. It was good to work with Steve again and see Adam, aka Ian Beale, and Tish. Tish, he never responded to my dear. He didn't. And basically, just ends with, "Would I? Would I say? Would I return again? Never say never." See that picture? Actually, does look like Hollywood. And then there's a bit that goes on like Ross took a selfie in the taxi on the way to the national television. It's like a pumpkin floating out of a barrel of tar. It's David Pumpkins. Yeah. So there we go. I mean, like, did we all see the Ross Kemp thing that he did when like England scored in the World Cup and like he quite clearly had a, a break is that uh, I, I, all I know is he was like flossing at one point <laughs> he he went mental I mean not the teeth as no like the, the, dance. the dance thingy on this morning the um, Fortnite and then local Twitter dance. just like blew up over it because what else are they going to be talking about Colleen Nolan who oh yeah that it's, thing yeah. yeah it's just like if, no so that McFadden watch basically had little to no McFadden actually in it yeah, there not really much McFadden to be honest. With you. <laughs> so it was more McFadden mentioned. It was rather. McFadden adjacent. <laughs> he was. It was. I felt like it was unfairly targeting McFadden. <laughs> McFadden was the context for that news. Do you know what's amazing though? Two people wrote that article. Two. Lauren <laughs> Franklin and Kaylee Giles. It took two of them to sit down. Well, and so so did Watergate guy. You know, I mean, that's big <laughs> journalism. <laughs> I mean, they missed. And the what, what was the what was the publication? The Sun. 
Okay. <laughs> Perhaps we should have stopped you reading it before you started. If you if you have any further news you'd like to tell Geeky Broom about, you contact us on Twitter at Geeky Broom. Uh, no, contact us at Guy Helford because the rest of us really don't care. I, care. I, I can't put into words how little I care. Guy would like to find out from Stephen directly how he feels Stephen. about Ross's shuns for Stephen having selfies Broom. taken. <laughs> Geeky Broom has reached out for comment. <laughs> As of yet, Stephen hasn't replied. That's because he's still on his scooter going for his chip shop. Yeah, he was disappointed about the fish festival. He's probably trying to duck being seen taking his young daughters to a cartoon film where it's going to be shocked that Steve McFadden's gone to a film that isn't full of hardened violence. I have to say, look, 2008's been quite disappointing for some McFadden news. Like, 2017, it was like a lot of McFadden news, but like this it's, year, it's, it's been not panto up. season yet, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't worry, it'll, it'll like, ramp up in the winter. <laughs> I have faith. There'll be a few nightclubs opening, a couple of supermarkets, we'll be alright. Maybe you'll increase his selfie price. Time is a flat circle, they will come round again. The boys will be back in town at some point. <laughs> have they got any other relatives that could die in EastEnders? Billy? Um, You're the, saying the character guys... names now that I have no idea. The last people I knew that were in EastEnders were the Weird Doctor and Doc Cotton. The Weird Doctor? <laughs> Dr. Leg. Who's the doctor weird Leg, doctor? That might have been him. Yeah, he was the doctor tall, who was on screen for fifteen years. He had to. He had to. He diagnosed Mary, the, the punk drug addict, punk who had a child. Is this before <laughs> I was born? Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> all I know here is that Keith we used to watch EastEnders, and that's quite a big Season revelation. One. I used to be in the same room. It was on. I wasn't watching it. That's like I did smoke, but I didn't inhale. I didn't inhale. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't understand how Wixie never shot uh, Adam. Actually, guy, here's here, okay. I can ramp things up here. Turns out, um, I'm mates with someone who is a veteran uh, member of the EastEnders writing room. Wow! I can ask her a question. Just for one. you, okay? If you like, and then come, report back next time with the answer. Could you get this writer to slip Guy Halford's name into a script and have it said by no. uh, Steve? I want Guy to be an extra in the back of the Vic, just looking menacely in, in his leopard skin coat at Doc What, like Ron Jeremy was the other week? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question I have then for you to pass on. Why? What is it about Ian Beale that women go for? What What has he got? What has he the got that other men don't have? To steal from Jeremy. <laughs> To steal from Terry Pratchett, he has charisma. Is that much, oh, of, an odd, is that much of an oddity that people are drawn to him to see why, oh, like why this man is a thing? I will ask about Beale Appeal. Is that the replacement yes. for children in need this year? Yeah, the Beale Appeal. <laughs> How do you feel about the Beale Appeal? <laughs> Donate £10 now and we'll send fish and chips to, to a child in Help a London Beale. <laughs> He'll go Beals on Wheels. He'll Sad have a... video of him failing to run a gin company. <laughs> He'll be Beal on Wheels and he's like, have a taxi cab full of chips that he's like delivers <laughs> to Africa. Was he running a gin, uh, gin firm? He is yeah. still running a gin firm. It's called Neat Gin. Huh. Oh, because like, you drink gin neat, but also it's neat as in cool. That's terrible. Could you replace vinegar with gin? I do. Put it on your <laughs> chips. Gin and chips. Or a mix of two, gin vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I named my first ball. I, I'm sure. I'm sure I've drunk a few of those on Broad Street at some point. <laughs> Feel a bit ill now. Why is everything taking bizarre detours today? I, I blame Nate. I've brought my my bad energy back. It's, it's like a segue. I thought today. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to leave weird news there for a week.
Good night, witness. Good night. Love you, Steve. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brimmy Show. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hola. Mr. Philip Villas. Bonjour. Mr. Guy Halford. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks for having me on the show, Ryan. I really appreciate you on the show, Ryan. It's really great to have you on the show. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. And returning, the wonderful Mr. Nate Crowley. Goon Talk. Did you just forget his name? No, I was trying to work out which of his many names to use. <laughs> For he's like a bard in Dungeons and Dragons. I've actually come back as Nate the White. Uh, <laughs> Breaker of Chains. If you listen to our special podcast we did with Tom Caban and his yes. girlfriend Catherine, um, Ryan forgot her name and it was superb because there was a moment where he said like, Cats. I remember cats. <laughs> it was the surname of Turner because it just evaporated yeah, you know that from now. my head. It just evaporated from my head. These things. Yeah, happen. Well, I've done that in an on-air interview before. <laughs> and I, I, I was I was interviewing like three people, and I remembered the, the the full names of the first two, and I was like, I am here with. Um, I can't remember the name, but I was like, I was like, I was like oh, Anna Rawson and Vernon. What's his name from the Denver Broncos? And Nick. Did you did you did you forget because you were full for your own self importance? <laughs> I like the way Phil went that Jurgen from like the Denver Broncos. You know who that is. I'm yeah. going. I'm no yeah, idea. the tall one. Then he's gay. Right. To return to back to the Sorry. actual show, then. I would be showing forgetting. It's all going to be trailers. It's another round of trailer talk. We'll be looking at fall, t- fall, autumn, winter. Autumn. Got chin straws with me this week. Yes. Autumn. Fall is what guy does. <laughs> Often. Oh, can, can I get on with their What are you going to laugh at, Keith? Can I get on with their description? I'm going to kick you in the shin. Right, as I separate these two in the studio, we're talking about autumn and winter TV, film, and movies coming up for you to put categorise on. And we'll be having a look at Cyberpunk 2077. Can I give you an all over review of these trailers? Yes. I once tucked into a bag of fridge raiders that was three months out of date, but I kept going after the first one. That's how I felt about these trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Geeky Brewery this week. <laughs> I think it's time for a little bit more music before we segue again. <laughs> Trailer Talk Part 1. Films. What are those? Films. Right. Big big screen. Are we, talking about, are we talking about the experience of going to the cinema? And no, we're talking like about what, the films that you see at the cinema. But like what, the chair experience, we the don't, food experience? We don't care about that guy. You speak about that enough. <laughs> I'd like to have a good experience at the cinema. You may also hear, hear, them, hear them referred to as movies. Right, starting us off. Mandy, Nicolas Cage. She came and she gave without taking. <laughs> Okay, can I just say, when I started watching this one, I had your list wrong and thought I was watching the trailer for Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, I mean, they're pretty crazy, but, <laughs> like, they don't seem very rich or Asian. No, that that was a really confused minute. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that Scarlett Johansson was going to pop up as a, as a crazy yeah, yeah. Asian? <laughs> <laughs> Seemed the natural choice. So, to recap the plot, somewhere in the primal wilderness near the Shadow Mountains in the year 1983, Red Miller 
played by Nicolas Cage, has fallen deeply for the deceptively charming Mandy Bloom, played by Andrea Risborough. However, his life has made crashing down suddenly and horrifyingly when a vile band of ravaging cultists and supernatural creatures des- desecrate his idyllic home with vicious fury. A broken man, Red, now hunts only for one thing, to hunt down these maniacal villains and exact swift vengeance. See, I didn't get that from the trailer. Well, it was incomprehensible, wasn't it? Well, there was barely any dialogue. It was just lots of incredibly oversaturated shots which yeah. I did I did appreciate I like I like the it, aesthetic it, of it it's, yeah. it's 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 like you've gone deep into you know Instagram yeah, this um, is Panos Cosmatos who's the director who's done one film previously and he's done some visual directing work as an assistant before but I think it's like his first big film I got a Ben Wheatley vibe from it but I think that's because it, it, it does evoke that kind of like 70s and 80s horror quite kind of obviously I think with the, with the period setting as well yeah I mean, um, the music as well, you've got Johan Johansson, it's one of the last soundtracks he's done, but he's pretty done Sicaro, Arrival, Theory of Everything, so... Mm. It really felt like a, a solid piece of pastiche, almost on like a Tarantino level, like everything yes. there is aping something. And there was a lot of bisexual lighting as well. Yes, yes, there really was. Which, uh, for those not in the know, is where you get um, purple like, and blue but from different directions. Yeah. And it's in millions of films now, but it was, yeah, rammed full of that. Was premiered at Sundance in January, and it's had quite a lot of critical acclaim. Some people are saying this is the best work Nicolas Cage has ever done. Nicolas Cage is a left field choice for this kind of film. I feel it's kind of he's stepping away from, and I think maybe that's what makes it feel like it is a bit of a pastiche because it's Nicolas Cage, and you expect sort of well after the Wicker Man and the Bees. It's, yeah, it's like whether yeah. whether he knows it or not, his films are kind of they have a camp quality to them. But this seems like it's. I really like Andrea Riceborough, and I just hope that it's not. Here is a woman as symbol who is going to be, you know, brutalised in some ways so that the man can have a journey about it. It's a bit weird as well because it's been being promoted in this country as part of HMV's VHS collection, which is being put alongside things like The Thing and The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I'm not quite sure is that like what, it's, when, what it's doing. Is that like when Penguin released Morrissey's book yeah. as a penguin classic immediately it's like well they just no, give it time it needs time for people to realize it's actually not good i'm thinking this is kind of like reliving the video nasty from the 80s these band videotapes it feels like that kind of feel to it it's got that kind of texas chainsaw massacre it even ended with a chainsaw yeah. jewel yeah yeah so it's got that kind of raw gritty done on the cheap kind of horror film to it so long as it's got the appropriate amount of style over substance and i mean that in the good way I think it could actually be pretty fun. Oh, yeah. I think if it tries to say anything serious, I'll be turned off it. It'll be garbs, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it felt like it could be Nicholas Winding Refn kind of style with the heavy lighting. Yeah. What's next? Next up, Crazy Rich Asians. Are you the film that you thought that was? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, so you can see the confusion. (laughs) So, directed by John M. Chu, who's done a few different stuff previously. Um, He's done Step Up to the Streets, Gem on the Holograms, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Justin Bieber Never Say Never. I'd like to challenge to see how long Phyllis can wait to not say, to say anything. So I, I just let's see how long he can stop and not but not burst of excitement here. Challenge begin. Yes. So you've got Constance Wu, Henry Golding, Gemma Chan, <laughs> Ken Jeong, Michelle Yeoh. So pretty 
heavyweight cast in this. My wife is very much looking forward to this. How are you finding it, Phil? How are you finding the pressure? Am I allowed to speak out? Phil, you are allowed to speak out. Um, I'm just very excited about this film. I think it's it's we're having a nice little moment at the right now. Like we've got to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix, which is another really charming romantic comedy with an Asian American lead. I think the fact that after Joy Luck Club, this is the first all majority Asian American cast. Mm -hmm. You've got yeah, you've got an amazing cast in there, and the fact that like it's a bit like black, like black. Panther, because you've got a, such a range of different Asian American characters in there, there's no real stereotype because everyone gets to be a little bit different. So, I'm sure, and, and also, just it looks good, it looks fun, it looks. I mean, I've been to Singapore, it is a pantomime of wealth. Oh, yeah. You know, he's that excited, he's just, just, <laughs> just I just hit my mic stand. He had to drop um, the clang when he said, I've been to Singapore. It's, clang. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it makes of the, the bizarrely sort of I mean, rich and classist life that the, is lived the, over there. The plot sounds like a very typical mid 2010s, like Devil Wears Prada kind of plot to it. But you know what? Those movies are great. I am all here. I am here for the comeback of the early noughties romantic comedy. I think they all gave way to like the knocked up and the bridesmaids, but it's like, no, take it back. Let's have something a bit more tropey and a bit more like formulaic because you know what? If we can have Sherlock Holmes a million, sure. we can, we can keep having, <laughs> like, whatever. We can keep, we can keep having, um, rom-coms, which are, you know, which are formulated in new ways. This is going to be telling a slightly different story because it's telling stories about characters from a different background and I'm just really excited about it. I'm gonna sound really po faced here, but I'll agree on the provision it's not a naked celebration of extreme wealth. I think it's going to be <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think I think I think there's there's some from what I've heard, because obviously it's, it's been out in the States for a while now, I think there is some attempt at social commentary there, but it's not it, I don't think it delves too deeply. Yeah. I'm also I'm a little bit I'm I mean, not, it's it's your typical fish out of water story and she's yeah. a girl from Brooklyn versus this I just, extreme wealth of Singapore real estate. One thing I worry about in the trailer, or two things I worry about in the trailer is there is a gay character in there who appears to exist solely to be sassy and help uh, Constance when you get dressed. Yes. And then there is Aquafina, whose black scent wasn't as visible, wasn't as obvious to me in Ocean's 8 because there was Rihanna there speaking like an actual black person. Yeah. And in this movie, it's, it has been pointed out by a few different critics that it's like... That's it's, not your real it's, voice, it's, yeah. it's really like... It's a bit it's a bit weird. But yeah, but ultimately, I'm, I'm still going to go see it because it just looks amazing. I might go in evening wear. I was a little bit on the fence for the same reason as Nate, that whole idea that life's great, but it's brilliant if you've got private jets, loads of money, and everything you could possibly ever want. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, kinda, I would have liked to, to have it, but just without the reach. Just crazy Asians. <laughs> <laughs> Next film along, First Man... Sorry, Mr. Ryan Gosling. Was it was it Ryan Gosling? I yes. thought it was a plank with eyes drawn on it. <laughs> Can we just give that film Oscars now so that I don't have to hear about it for the next you year? Got Claire Foy as well coming off the back of the Queen on Netflix. Yeah, playing the Damien Chazelle wife role. Yes. So she's let her nag and be his conscience and be utterly thankless. I think as a a, a, a human story, it will be pretty rigid and unappealing. But I had a real gravity vibe. I love mm. gravity. I love films about rickety space stuff. And like when they were in the rocket, it looked like it was going to bend itself. Like, well, it's, but it's it, one of those ones where you don't... on exec producing duty, yeah. so I'm sure it's going to have a lot of that kind of. It's Spielberg not you feel like to. we don't know how it ends. I mean, we had the right stuff, so I'd yeah. rather watch the white stuff. Yeah, the right uh, stuff than yeah. Than this, and Apollo 13 was probably the most interesting out of the Apollo missions to look at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just feels like they're, they're you know, Damien Chazelle's really still a bit sore over not getting that Oscar yeah. for La La Land so he's brought back 
Ryan Gosling, and he's like, right, I'm going to I'm going to make you play a and real man in the sixties. Yeah, um, it's a, a nondescript white woman playing a nondescript white woman, and um, and we're gonna um, and it's going to be serious. Next one along, Bumblebee. 80s Transformers. Looks like a rubbish version of Real Steel. And yeah, that's right. Real Steel's good. (laughs) We've got the original Bumblebee style though. So we have the VW book. We've got Hayley Steinfeld. We've got John Cena. You may see him. Does he play the robot? No. And directed by Travis Knight as Mr. Mr. Michael Bay's step back to being producer on this one. It'd be good if Cena did play the robot like as a voiceover because then you could honestly say you can't see him. Wrestling joke there. Um... (laughs) I don't know. I've never seen a Transformers film, but this one looks like at least it's making an attempt at emotional depth. Yeah. I mean, Bumblebee's probably the best character that's been out of the modern series of films because he's actually got a bit of uniqueness to Until they sidelined him after the first movie. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. I mean, for me, the interesting thing is Travis Knight. Because Travis Knight has been part of Laika's production and directed Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. So he can bring, I would hope he can bring some kind of emotional weight to this story of girl meets robot. Is this a prequel to the Transformers? Yes. Yeah, it's so kind of set in the 80s. 80s. So we're expecting a storming 80s soundtrack. At TF Nation a few weeks ago, Stan Bush did say The Touch may be appearing on the soundtrack. All signs are good, so it's going to be that kind of 80s power ballad. And it's a Transformers movie set in the time when Transformers were a thing. That yeah. actually appeals to me. And they look like Transformers as well. Yeah. You get, in the trailer, you get a brief shot of Starscream and it actually looks like Starscream rather than yeah. a 4,000 part articulated pointy machine. Battle Angel Alita. I kind of feel like this film, exi- like the entire story, was cooked up just as an excuse to to like make a, a CGI woman. Well, we got James Cameron directing. Yeah, and is he actually directing? No, I didn't think he was directing. Oh, Rodriguez is directing. I mean, He's producing. Sorry, those eyes are the elephant in the room here. They're yeah, as anything. It's They're actually it is uncanny. Yes, there was a prequel. Um, there was a preview trailer last year, and they've actually reduced the size of the eyes to like. Reduce the uncanny manliness. That's reduced. That's reduced. She still looks like she's on Molly or something. It looks very avatar-y, but they're taking away the blue skin. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, some of the and some of the sort of cityscapes and futuristic um, visuals looked really interesting. I mean, the manga is amazing, so I really. I did. I assumed it was based on on a comic or something. And that's the other weird thing they've done is because it's Battle Angel Alita in the manga, but this they've called this Alita Alita Battle Battle Angel, Angel. so it's kind of like well. At least if you're going to go with it, stick with the... Well, you don't read manga right to left, I guess. (laughs) The one thing that I got about this was it feels very um, Astro Boy, the storyline. The storyline's been done once before, basically. Yeah. just got Christoph Waltz in this time. It it looked interesting enough that I, you know, if it... Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Rodriguez can direct. When he I mean, wants to. It's, it's a solid yeah. cast. You've got Rosa Salazar, Christoph Waltz, as mentioned, Jennifer Connelly, Marsha Charlotte Ali, Ed Screen, and Jackie L. Halley's in it. So Okay, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, as, soon, as soon as Mahershala Ali showed up in the trailer, I was a, I was a bit more interested, yeah. I have to say. I mean, it's, it's a solid cast. James Cameron's producing. Robert Rodriguez has chops as, an, as a director. So I'm assuming it's going to be better than what we could possibly expect. Next film along, Mortal Engines. So, Mortal Engines. Um, I haven't actually read the books he's based on, but... Look, I like the concepts. It's really bombastic and big and silly. Oh, it just looked like the script is a load of bones. Well, you got Hugo Weaven chomping through scenery. Yeah. Music's done by Junkie XL, which is an odd choice. We did Mad Max Fury Road, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's, that could be good. Another film about big bits of metal chasing each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of me feels like this film 
has come 10 years too late because the Mortal Engines books were around, like I remember people were reading those at the same time that everyone was reading His Dark Materials yeah. when I was still in school. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it yeah. looks good. I, I, I kind of didn't really care while I was watching it. It's though. scheduled for a Christmas release, so I think it's going to be it, one It's of all been done far better in Studio Ghibli yeah. films. Yeah. Howl's Moving Castle yeah. was a great yeah. example. Laputa. Next one, Johnny English strokes again. No. <laughs> no. Next film. Moving on. Uh, Can I just say with the Johnny English, like it feels like that was frozen in a glacier in 1993 and just thawed. Yes, oh, it's just so out of time. Uh, one thing that got me is Olga Kurlyenko is in this. It's like you're better than this. Too much time spent talking about this. Move along. Yes, move along. Yeah, Slaughterhouse so. Rules. So this is an action horror comedy film. It's from Nick Frost and some of the pegs. It's their first film from their new production company. Which they should instantly so go back not... and rewrite because it looks terrible. I mean, I, it did look like something from Edgar Wright's drafts folder. Yeah. It looks like something that somebody showed to Edgar Wright and Edgar went, mm, get away from me. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of more tempted by it than I want to be. Like, I can't disagree with you, but at the same time, <laughs> it you know, nice, lap it up. It's nice to see Peg and Frost back in a movie because I think everybody's got such fond memories of the Cornetto trilogy, even though the last one was... But you can't coast on fond memories, that's no. the thing. Last film to talk about. Really interesting choice. I, I thought this was a left-field choice, and I thought really look, like the look of this one. It is. I think we're alone now. Not the Tiffany song. Don't I mean, this is, it no, and that's head. the thing. I think the title sucks for this film because I immediately, and I think a lot of people will immediately think of the song when actually it is clearly, it looks like it's going to be along the lines of, you know, the road. It's a, it's a two-hander. It's, it's going yeah. to be post-apocalyptic no. waiting for Godot. It's Peter Dinklage, El Fanning. It's basically Peter Dinklage is a recruit. The apocalypse has happened. He thinks he's the only person left. And then El Fanning turns up. It's, uh, with, uh, The Quiet Earth, isn't it? Yeah. That New Zealand film. Yeah. It's a bit like mm. Last Man on Earth as well. So not asking her where's the handle yeah. so we'll be alright it, it looks interesting it, just, it didn't tell me much that trailer no. which is which is nice for a yeah. why can't I smell beetroot I don't know just saying can I smell beetroot cool story bro so that is films covered off time for a little break and then we'll be back with telly trailer talk part 2 TV boogaloo <laughs> starting us off Next Gen from Netflix. So you got John Trzinski, Charlene Yee, and Jason Sudeikis. This felt very Big Hero 6. Uh, That's more like Big is. Hero Netflix. Yeah. Oh! And it's a film, not a telly. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's kind of streaming. Oh, now that's an interesting. Uh, yeah. It's small screen. Yeah, okay. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Actually, look quite fun. Again, reminded me a little bit of Astro Boy as well. Again, but it, it just highlights Netflix is basically becoming a massive budget version of Asylum films. Yeah, <laughs> like they just take something they know is bankable and do their own version of it. John Krasinski's already doing what Adam Jack Adam Ryan, Ryan, Jack Ryan, yeah. So it seems to be moving more to a streaming kind of service kind of guy. I what I liked about it, I mean, I, I didn't really love that it basically was Big Hero Six because we've seen this story before. What I liked about it though was there were a few elements of satire of like big tech and Silicon Valley culture, and just the fact like that this new obsession with smart homes and how everything in your home needs to be connected. So the Garden Gate has like a consciousness. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was kind of Flintstones guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. Well, Douglas Adams. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that's very yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with the door yeah. in, uh, what's the name of the stupid spaceship? Heart Gold. Yeah. Oh, oh thanks for opening me. Now I'm closing. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's proper yeah. Adams, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. totally. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's it's worth a watch. But not, don't rush out, I don't think. Next up, Manifest. Hey, Lost. Oh, oh, like, for anyone, if you've, if you've liked any NBC uh, drama of the last 20 years, you'll love this. 
Yeah. I'm just, I can't wait for it to be cancelled after six episodes and then the showrunner to tweet a screen grab of his notes app explaining that Angels did it. Well, it got mm-hmm. me because Robert Zemeckis is involved in this one. So that's a pretty heavyweight name to bring in for a TV series about a lost plane. The only thing that caught my attention, and I would have thought this would be interesting, was if they did do it so it was 191 different stories. Yeah. yeah. So it was a story of each person that was on that plane rather than following the two attractive looking characters that oh, exactly. managed to do. The trailer felt very much it's going to be completely that family and everybody else is going to be a superficial 30 seconds toss away. That's just really. Like... And Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> yes. And then you got Sense8 style as well with I can feel your thoughts. We all know that. You know, flash forward didn't yes. die the, 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 the cleanest of deaths. No. So can we. Can, I, I'm surprised that got past. All the gatekeepers of TV, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were past all the JJ Abrams ripoffs with after person of interest. Yeah, I'm not holding out much hope for this one. Next one, The Circle from Channel Four. So oh, this is a good new God, please no. This is a new reality TV show. Oh, this puts like another idea in my head of what this could be. So at first, I thought this was like a TV spin-off of the Dave Eggers adaptation with Emma Watson. I thought it was Black Mirror, but they've been trailering it on Channel Four for yeah. months. You haven't really wanted to punch an TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be like, you know, that um, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. I thought it was going to be like a, it's like a side advert to that. But no, it's an actual reality well, TV show. The trailer was put together for something that's meant, it looked like it was something that's meant to satirise something awful. Yes. But it was straight faced. Yes. So basically it's a popularity competition, 50 grand up for grab. They're all going to live in the same house, but they're not going to meet each other. They're all going to communicate I, via social media. I really wish you could go back that to is, Channel 4 in 1984 when they actually did some interesting programming. But that's got to be the most boring thing to watch other people use Skype. Why, why, is, why is he not on this? Why is he not applying? This is, why, this is basically why I'm mad. <laughs> I think because how long do you think more interesting than how, anyone going to be on it. Oh my god, how long do you reckon I mean, it is? I before? would love to see Ursul live in the house for a week on just on social media. But because it's Channel 4 and they popularised Big Brother in the UK, how long just before it before they start like doing cam stuff with each yes. other. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, basically, the premise is the contestants live together in a block of separate individual apartments, interacting exclusively through, through a bespoke voice-activated social media platform called the Circle. This has bored me listening to about it. Move along. It's, it's just cultural narcissism. So, plus, I'm such a granddad. I stick by it. I mean, I am a I am a cultural narcissist, and I I find this just it's so. It's going to be talked about in water cooler kind of things in the office it's going to be one of those shows that you either heavily invest or you don't care no it's going to be someone's going to be like you watch that show the circle I mean obviously (laughs) Channel 4 you know Big Brother was was a cultural event when it first died those first two seasons were fascinating Mm -hmm. and now we've kind of we've kind of come full circle oh circle up uh, with Love Island on ITV and and people watching that and talking about these people as if they're people in their real lives. And so Channel 4's just come up with this other thing where it's like, let's get a load of attractive attention seekers who will, you know, probably get their kit off and do all sorts of stuff to remain on TV. social media? And, the, and then, yeah, oh, and, and let's use, you know, oh, oh, the kids are all on the YouTubes, aren't they? So we'll, uh, we'll do that. I'm assuming they'll do the usual thing and they'll slide a celebrity in halfway through. Is, any, like, is anybody celebrity. secretly hoping that Dave Massey turns up on this? <laughs> are they using drones as well, just for the full set of buses? Probably. I mean, are they going to get, like, food, like, served through a hatch in the door? Like, how does Toby no, do they want to get? bitcoins. <laughs> Silent <laughs> green. Yeah. So, <laughs> sponsored by Dinos. Maybe they've got to Cube. earn their food by getting tipped as they perform on camera. Oh, God. Isn't this just the box that was on the episodes with Joey Tribbiani? Yeah, you know, a few, a few weeks ago. Yes. 
I think time to move on yeah. and leave that where it needs to be in the bin. Maniac, Netflix again. Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Fukunawa. Fukunawa. I kind of like this. He's done Beast of No Nation, which was a really well-acclaimed film. I really liked it. I got a bit of a kind of Legion kind of feel to this. You look cool. I feel that like this is a good advert for fat people to be able to lose weight. Looking at Jonah Hill in this, he look he does look ill though. So it, I think he's in the right place in yeah. that in that research facility. He We've looks got poorly. Sally Field, Justin Throw as well, rounding out the cast. So I, to me, honestly, as the homosexual in the room, Sally Field and Justin Throw are more my thing than Emma Stone and Jonah. Mm-hmm. What if he's not Jonah Hill now, Jonah? Yeah. Mound? I don't know. I mean, it did feel, again, this feels <laughs> like it's referring back to like, Internal Syndrome of the Spotless Mind. A little bit of Inception as well. A little bit of yeah. Inception. It's kind of like this psychological trial where they get thrown together and it's, they keep meeting each other in different realities. And... It's not Jules and Seth's 10-year reunion. No. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's, it's worth... I like... find Jonah Hill really likable. I'm not yeah. sure I should, but I really do. So I'm kind of there for it. Yeah. Also, it looks like it's been sponsored by IBM. Just with the with the but with 80s the logo, IBM, not now. Yeah, no, yeah, but with the, with the yeah. logo of, yeah. of, of the actual the typeface of the title. Yeah. I yeah. did kind of like that retro kind of like oh yeah, when they did Westworld the modern version, they kind of skewed all of that, but like mm. the whole kind of flashy button type thing. I mean, yeah. for flashy buttons that you. Press. I, mean, I don't know if yeah. this is set in the eighties, but it had a really eighties vibe to it. Next one along, Zach from Take by the Bell, <laughs> the Passage, um, which is probably a very bad name choice for a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> It's so it's based on very very popular books which I haven't read but a lot of people have really praised them to me. The thing is with this with this trailer it looks like all of the action in the trailer has come from the pilot. Yeah. People and it's praise the passage. And it's just uh they they they've really front loaded the passage and uh, and and it's kind of this is where the kicking off point and and then it's going to lead somewhere completely different. Yeah. Um, so we're going down a different path as passage. <laughs> So you got Mark Paul Goslier, who, as I said, Saved by the Bell, and he's also Franklin and Bash, if everyone remembers. Franklin and Bash was actually pretty that good. That was a really like decent that. TV series. Uh, Sania Sidney is the young girl in it. Vincent Piazza, Emmanuel Shikri. I mean, they seemed a lot to take and, and they're all yeah. going down the passage. Yes. Right. I mean, all I knew about the books was it's about vampires, and they seem to be downplaying that a bit. I think they've trailer. got more zombie star on yeah. than vampires. They're easing us into the it passage. It looks like... <laughs> <laughs> it looks like an Americanized version of the girl with all the gifts, almost. Yeah, it's, it's saying it's a drama series, so it's not really picking up on the horror element, I think, yeah. at the minute. But it's kind of... There was flashes of that in the trailer. When can we expect to see the passage? It was ordered in the series in May the eighth, twenty eighteen. So we've got it, and it's on Fox in the US. So it usually takes about six to twelve months to get to the UK to get down to the passage. I mean, the, the appeal of the trailer there was like a minute setting up a sort of a budget twenty eight days later sort of business, and then it turned into this really interesting story about a man reluctantly kidnapping a girl for the greater good and science, yeah. and then deciding it was the wrong thing going on the run. That's quite interesting. It doesn't necessarily need. Yellow-eyed vampires. No, I mean, I'm getting. I'm wondering if they're lining this up to fill the gap they're going to have when Walking Dead disappears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, that can't come quickly enough. I've got a bit of a Daryl film to the feel to this. Remember Daryl, the film? Yeah, yes, it was kind of like this guy goes rogue against the government to try and save a child. And I'm kind of there for it. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of, I'm kind of bored of generic, you know, sort of shadowy conspiracy organisations. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, we're living under one, so... You guys are all feeling the passage, then. I'll try out the passage, yeah. 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 I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it, you know, I'll... Um... I'm ready to plunge in. I'll give the passage... I'll dabble. I'll have a look down the passage. 
you know, I'll, um... I'll I'll wait for other people to have a go at the passage and then Try after that. We, we should talk about something else. Yeah. yeah, I think we should talk about Star Wars Resistance. Considering I love Dave Filoni stuff with Clone Wars and Rebels, I'm not feeling this one as much. <clears throat> There's not an awful lot at the moment for you to to feel. I think it looks right. it looks <laughs> it looks Star Warsy. It looks like it's it's for the but Disney. It doesn't Disney feel audience. Star Warsy to me. This thing because it's cel shaded animation. To me, Star Wars has always had a rugged tech feel to it. Except for the Empire, who always have shiny polishy stuff. But just because um, it always you, has, and that, did you see? Should. Did you see the prequels? <laughs> yeah, and that was why part of the reason why the prequels are it's great. It's the prequels. I I mean I think for you know this is like a kids show. It li- it looks light and frothy. It's got action. The um, character. It's Rebels went really characters. dark towards the end, so I think this is Dave trying to say is like it should be a kid show. Let's get back to that having light. And I think stuff. it does that well, and it's got the you know delightful Oscar Isaac back as Poe Dameron. So mm. oh, that I'm is him. Be, yeah, apparently oh, cool. so. The cell shader thing I thought was cool. I it just made me realise how much I would love to see a proper full length series of Star Wars with like early nineties anime style. I'm not even oh. an anime fan, but there's that one. Um, there's that Tie Fighter short anime yeah, it's film, just which so is good. so amazing. Yeah. It's really good. It feels like it should be a Daft Punk video. That Yeah, and I want that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Dave Filoni. It's going to be quality, solid writing regardless. And the great thing is, Star Wars fans, if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Yeah. You can always watch The Last Jedi again. And there's going to be a new Star Wars thing out about every two weeks from now until the end of time anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah. There'll be one with all men in. Moving swiftly along. <laughs> Good omens. Amazon Prime. Uh, Just don't cock it up like you I did mean, American Gods. I... I uh, liked American Gods. I um I believe that there has already been a perfect adaptation of this when Radio Four did their six part miniseries over Christmas a few years ago. Oh, we were talking about this, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, you had Peter Serafinowicz and um yeah. Mark Heap as well, um Fallon and Crowley. I, I Crowley. Think they picked well with Crowley being David Tennant, Michael Sheehan being Azrael. The casting in it yeah. just looked great, and and um and you got John, John Hamm as Archangel Gabriel. I mean, oh, it, yeah. John Hamm. You got Nick Offerman. You have got Jack Whitehall to move swiftly on from there. Who's Offerman? Uh, Nick Offerman. It doesn't actually. Say Ron Swanson. I'm going down here. Da, 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 da. He is the U.S. ambassador and the father of the child warlock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's maybe the one thing that's going to finally get me to sign up to Amazon Prime. This might tweak it a bit for you. Francis McDormand is the voice of God. Okay. And Derek Jacobi is Metatron. Okay. 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 Considering we can't have. I'm uh, assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be unknowns playing Anathema and that the other one. Yes. Um. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I this, this is a, a story that. I, any version of a Neil Gaiman or Terry Pratchett thing I'm going to just yeah get it in my veins so Rihanna Pratchett's helping out with this and Neil Gaiman's been on set quite a lot to yeah. work with it so I, I, I'm holding out I, I love the book so yeah. and the, 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 the audio version is superb yeah. so yeah, yeah. My, my pen name is a good omens reference so <laughs> yeah. I like it next one along uh, sci-fi in the US uh, I think it's Netflix everywhere else it's Night Flyers generic gaff uh, George DeBoer Martin <laughs> wrote the original novella, but he's not allowed to put any kind of creative input into this because of his contract with HBO. Oh, really? So somebody else has been. I mean, the fact it. that it's being made by Sci-Fi in the US kind of yeah. does lower my expectations somewhat. But 
Gretchen Moll, Ewan McKen, David Ajala, solid casting. All the trailer really said was, this isn't a distress signal, it's a warning, don't board the ship, don't take it to Earth. You was know, she from Manchester? Yeah, well, actually that would have made it better. <laughs> or was it Wigan? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've just done this before, you know? But, but I, I just, yeah, but like, if it's, it's on Netflix right. and I'm hungover and I want to watch Psycho in space, I will. Yeah, I love the fact it led with the words, from the mind... Of George R. R. Martin. Which means they're like they're, 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 they're not even <laughs> they Inception it. They're not even they're not even adapting it. They're just sort of taking the loosest concept from his source novel and then doing their own thing with it. Yeah. <laughs> from the beer from the from the beer mat. I've got George R. R. Martin. Twenty-one other things I'm on Netflix queue at the moment that I'll probably get to before this. The last one for us coming from Facebook Watch, which is launching in other markets outside the US. It launched in the US last year, and this is kind of its big push for a more international audience. It's launching in UK, Ireland, France, and Australia. So and it's basically like Yahoo Screen, though. Pretty much. Right. Um, sorry okay. for your loss. Starring Elizabeth Olsen and Kelly Marie Tran. See, the subject matter is not. I would never normally watch. A series or a film like that, but yeah. Elizabeth Olsen and Carly Mitchell, like, I'm, they're going, those, they'll, they'll let me, they'll make me cry. I mean, and I'll let them. I mean, it's quite of a dark subject to start off with, yeah. um, this kind of thing, but they're aiming for that teen, dramery, young adult market, I think. It's this. just how we're going to watch it that worries me, really, more than anything else. Like, I, just... I, want, I, want to, I want to watch it just to support those actresses and the premise of the thing, but it's just if it's going to be another paywall. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be really. paywall. I think it's just going to be lots of adverts. Yeah. I don't want Facebook to show me a Twee series about grief. I feel that like the title's appropriate for what will happen to the service. <laughs> or packets. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, so... Is, was this something that was developed by Facebook, or did they, have they just like acquired this they from a studio? It straight to series, I think. Oh, right. I thought it was oh, like okay. made by Facebook. It's like uh, I just it, do not want to see. Just says original network yeah. Facebook watch here, so they just ordered. I mean, well, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't understand emotions, does he? <laughs> Exactly. Maybe, maybe this is what they're doing for him. It's filmed at CBS, so maybe like this is like to try and channel emotion into Mark. Trying to teach him what feelings are. Oh my god, it's they're like giving him like the Voight test. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll fail. He'll fail. And on that neural network experiment, time to move along. Trailer talk part three, and we have one trailer to discuss from the gaming world. It's a biggie. It is a very long trailer. It's an absolute unit. It's, it's <laughs> yes. Look at the size of this lad video. In <laughs> all. It is Cyberpunk 27 from CD Projekt Red, who you may know do the Witcher series. And transphobic tweets. Yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of awkward. This is based on a pen and paper RPG from the 80s. It looks quite good in that, I think. Yeah, it's got a really long name. We were saying earlier, yeah. uh, off, off recording, that 77 is the biggest mouthful of, like, any number up to like a thousand and whatever. And you should have a 20 in front of it and you're into like... Quite Cy- Cyberpunk 2077. So... Sounds like... It sounds like a password. Yeah. So speculated release date is 7th of July 2020. Oh, okay. So, you get what they're doing there? Yeah, it's alright, it's alright. 2077. Other than the name though, it looks pretty good. I mean, yeah, well, so I, I, walked, um, I walked into the room as you were playing some of this footage. Yeah. And all I saw was a dead naked lady in a bath. And honestly, I was it like, was yeah. pretty much and, the worst possible. Time that's, that but that's basically it. my perspective. That is that is my, what I think of the gaming industry. It's like, oh, here's yeah, here's just like a woman's body that we've perfectly rendered to be brutalized. Um, I'm yes. sure. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but I don't really care. No, but it's like a perfect incarnation of the fridging trope. Right? Yeah, like yeah, literally. There was um, just this this is sort of slightly blue naked corpse. Was the there bath. a geezer there as well? 
Because yeah, I think so. Because he was also in the bath you didn't yeah. see because he was off screen by the time you came in. Right. It was right. basically like going into that kind of harvesting organs thing from. Yeah, because I was you kind remember, of watching on and off and I, I sort of half had an eye on that. It was like that film with Forrest Whitaker from a few years back. Repo Man? Repo Rogue Man, one. yeah. <laughs> the butler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Repo Man, so yeah. it had a kind of like, there was that kind of tropey storyline of... Org- organs as commodities. Yeah, yeah. So it was like cybernetic enhancements being stolen. Does the game want to be an FPS or an RPG? It's being billed as an action RPG in the first person perspective. Because a lot of people seem like that. Yes. Yeah. Witcher 3 is one of the biggest selling games of all time. Uh, CD Projekt Red, apart from the tweets, have been known to be quite very well engaging with the gaming industry. They do free DLC updates. They don't take the mickey like some big game companies do with DLC being like half the game at an extortionate price. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was being a bit unfair um, tiring them with a the brush of one social media employee. Like, they're a legit, legit firm. Their storytelling's incredible. Their world building yeah. is, you know, astonishing. And they make huge, meaty games, as you say, which yeah. you get on, on the day of release. And there seems to be a huge, meaty game. And you were saying, you're pretty sure you'll never finish this just, one. Yeah, it's, it looks like there's too much of a time investment in this. For, to explore the entire story that's there, I'm sure you could just do the kind of main mission part thing and get through it, but it's still yeah. taking a long time. I don't I'm, think I'm ever going to explore that world completely. I think I was quite surprised because we had this big, meaty 48-minute trailer drop. How far along in development it is, considering it's still two years to release. I mean, it's pretty much looked like they've built the world here. Yeah, I was surprised when you said 2020, actually, because I was just yeah. thinking, watching that, that this was something coming end of the year. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting, like, we'd have playable demos within, like, six months due to the quality of this. I mean, in the rendering, it, it looks polished, it looks done to me. So why are they hyping it this far out? I think it's going to be one of those slow burn games, and then they're going to drop content like this every three to six months. To, I don't know, man. It's burning build. pretty fast right now. Everyone's talking yeah. about it. I mean, but to build that hype, I think it's probably going to be... I think CD Projekt Red have invested more into this than they've done in the entire Witcher franchise so far to get this game out. I think they're putting a lot of chips down. I think this is going to be probably a replacement for GTA. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends how how open it is, I suppose. Uh, How much you can... Because that's always the problem with gameplay trailers, I find, especially ones that are quite far out from launch... You know, they are quite heavily curated. And I mean, this is very scripted. You can tell this has been customised for this trailer. It's kind of, this is exactly what the experience is going to be like. Exactly. So it's quite hard, you know, to say how much... Yeah, they're, they're always trying to give you a sense that anything is possible, that you can do any one of a, a billion things. Uh, in You know, in actual fact, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm always disappointed by games. You know, incredible the value you get. Uh, in terms yeah. of hours for the money you pay. But the freedom is never quite what's, what I mean, seems like is going to be there. If you look at something like Skyrim, which is probably the last massive open world game that was of note. I mean, we've had stuff like Watch Dogs and the Assassin's Creed franchise, but they never really feel that like, as much as Skyrim did when it came out. Not a genre um, buster, no. no. But that, even then, that's still quite restrictive in the game. It's kind of like the mechanics force you to be a stealth archer, and no matter how you start your progress in the game, but yeah, the, the, the Skyrim's incredible. I can't yeah. believe it's still coming out for new platforms because yeah, it's a great game. But yeah. I mean, coming so much of it's junk. Yeah, like yeah, the alchemy system. Who bothers with that? Yeah, so many things grievously wrong with it. I'm going to um, stop midway through a barrel battle to eat sixty cheese wheels to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 
was a moment in the trailer though when the lead character leaves her habitat for the yeah. first time that I just was struck with this is the best Mega City 1 video game that I'm not going to get because yes. there was a thing that the whole thing you know there was a bit of Blade Runner esque yeah. bit to it and a kind of fifth element I mean, bit when the guy... but then when she walks into the block yeah. and they literally just describe a Mega City 1 block and I was thinking I, I, want, I want to play a Mega City 1 well it was when game. the NPC compass and the uh, mobility scooter and all I could think of was if you watch the Dread movie where they had the really nice nod back to the original comics where you had a wheelie get shot in, yeah. in the plaza it was kind of like this is giving that kind of vibe and as, as we said if you replaced her character with Judge Anderson yeah. and put Judge Dread into that yeah I think one of my problems with the whole the whole thing this probably does seem quite a fundamental problem I'm not actually that into cyberpunk as an idea because mm. pretty much everything in life is already about computers and it's pretty dystopian as we are at the moment yeah exactly it's not that escapist really to have a dystopia which is all about computers but that's why I like some of the sort of the, the 2000 AD vibes I was getting off it because it seemed to go I was a bit worried I, I wasn't enthusiastic about watching it if I'm yeah. honest because I thought it was going to be you know, really heavily lean on the cyber part but no it seemed it, it seemed more of a satire of the cyber genre I mean we've done a lot of the cyber movies as part of this trailer talk today I mean we can see stuff like Elite the Battle Angel. It's very heavily into that cyberpunk feel. We've had the resurgence of Blade Runner. We've having quite a lot of movies going back into this dystopian sci-fi future escapism, which was revisited back in the 80s at the minute. It seems like the cyclical thing is there. Well, there's a whole aesthetic over the last sort of four years. Um, it's an entire aesthetic in its own, which is deliberate late 2010s attempts to do retro 80s stuff. Yeah. There's a particular mm. colour palette and that. sort of set of visual processing. Yeah, I mean, there's Sims quite... and neons galore. Yeah, I mean, there's that thing online, there's Vaporwave, there's a really strong retro wave, there's a big music scene out there at the minute trying to... It's basically like this nostalgia for the 80s that never existed. Mm -hmm. And this kind of fits into that a little bit. I mean, the car that you have in there, that could be out of any 80s dystopian sci-fi film. I think, I think the problem Cyberpunk's got is that it's a very pre-millennial thing yeah. it's like it's like the futurism of the 50s looking forward to like 1990 you know Jerry Anderson's yeah. vision of 1999 never came to be and I think the whole cyberpunk thing is a bit kind of I, I, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point it's a little bit kind of I don't know you got Atom Punk with Fallout so we've had that kind of feel you've had we had Steampunk with Bioshock series of games mm. so it's kind of is this the right time to move into cyberpunk I think they need to invent a new phrase for it invent a new genre yeah, uh, something that's of the now. Yeah, looking forward. Well, Gibson's cyberpunk, right? Yeah, and he was right. Like, he's pretty much responsible for the genre. And if you look at what he was doing and when he was doing it, it really makes sense. And because, as you inferred yeah. earlier, right, the fact we are now actually pretty much living in a cyberpunk future now makes it a pretty weird genre because it can only ever really be an alternative looking at things. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter how much you try and set it in the future, it always kind of looks like an alternative version of the present. Yeah, all these cities just look like Shanghai or, or Hong Kong. Like, these these cities, it looks like there's, um, I follow on Instagram an account called Blade Runner Reality, where it's basically just, like, cityscapes and different sort of shots of the world as it is, where it basically is, is part of that yeah. late 80s, early 90s aesthetic. But, you know, when you're watching these films I mean, and shows, have, you feel like you're in the early 90s. We have building size advertisements in Hong Kong now. We have buildings wrapped yeah. in LEDs giving you that Blade Runner Coca-Cola giant well, screen. Well, stops aesthetic. of running videos when we yeah. sit next to them, so we, we are kind of living that that future. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's not really come out to Cyberpunk now is augmentation. 
of humans, but it seems to be slowly coming through. I mean, I saw a tech article last week about them developing a contact lens with a two times zoom in it, so it's got an optical hmm. zoom. Oh, yeah, the I, contact I mean, lens. Yeah. You've got transhumanists. I mean, they're all bonkers, but you, you, you know, they're yeah. there, they're real. Yeah. Is most no, no guy in who opens doors with his hands? Is the not the next logical step from cyberpunk? Wouldn't it be nanopunk? Is that not the, yeah. future, the predictable future that we've got? That it won't I mean, be huge mechanical arms. It'll actually be in you transform from a, a microscopic level rather than yeah. Well, that's it. We're going to side probably we're going to sidestep the whole you know like analog mechanical side of things as you say and just go into stuff that basically looks like magic. Mm. I mean, that was the thing in the early two thousands. There was a lot of sci-fi around nanites, and everything was solved by nanites, and it was the Deus Ex Machina for everything. So I think we need to move on to the next one on that one, and I think the next one's probably going to be about AI and stuff like that. I can see that being the next one. Neural networks and big brainy things. It sounds like you're a northern type thing. AI punk. <laughs> AI. AI, AI punk. I don't know. Um, if you've got any interest in sci-fi themed games, FPS, action RPGs, check it out. I'd say it's probably going to give you a decent enough flavour if you're going to like it or not. I think if you can invest the time in it, you'll yeah. be rewarded quite handsomely. Yeah, I mean, it looks absolutely top flight RPG stuff. I mean, I can see myself losing a few weeks. Thank you for joining us on the Geeky But Me podcast this week. Keith, where can we find you online? Online, you can find me behind the uh, Twitter name Hardlock underscore Hotel and without this underscore most place aces. That was English. It was. I started off well and then it just became gibberish. But that's that's me all over, really. Welcome to Geeky Ruby. That's yeah. our show plan. <laughs> Let's just leave him to have a week to sort of consider his thoughts and uh, contemplate what he says. I should there. write them down. It would really help. Phil, where can we find you on You can find me on Twitter, begging for commissions, at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L and Ellis with two. And who have you recently wrote for? Recently written for MTV, ID... Uh, a postcard to my granny from Germany. Uh, it was that was some of my best work actually. Didn't write us a postcard though, did you? No. I'm here, aren't I? You <laughs> I see me all the get... time. I think I thought you were sick of me. I was hoping <laughs> we get a racy postcard from Berlin. Wanted... Oh my god, and there were some. Ooh. I wanted a beery fridge magnet. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> guy, where can we find you? Uh, Vinyl Guy H Instagram. Thanks, Nate. You want to tell us where we can find you on the denizens of Twitter? You can find me at Frog Croakley, F-R-O-G-C-R-O-A-K-L-E-Y. Uh, where I talk about all sorts of engaging things. Uh, you can find me in Warstones, um, with the 100 best video games that never existed and other works. Or, in December, you can find me in Berlin. Um, hey. Where I'm going to be doing a book reading at a German uh, bookstore, which is exciting. So I'll bring you all back French magnets. Is it the death and life of Schneider right here given there? It is, yeah. Oh, because you're being raised as part of a German book club at the moment, aren't you? Uh, yeah, it turns out uh, I'm... I'm you're big in Germany. I'm big in Germany now. <laughs> I'm well up for that, yeah, yeah. I can just see you in a pair of lederhosen. and I think you would rock that. They're taking me to the Berlin Aquarium. <gasps> oh, I want to be doing it in German. I want a post of your uh, face now with just big Germany. in Germany written below. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will have to get some lederhosen. Berlin Zoo is lit, you'll love it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's They have fun. hippos. That's <laughs> me rubbing my hands, but it finally worked <laughs> You can find me... Uh, taking pit selfies with the Mitchell brothers... Online at Ryan Parish, which is a personal Twitter. Bring me on for the foodie stuff. 
And you can find us all at Geeky Premier on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the website geekybrummy.com, and on YouTube. On YouTube, on JDate, yes. on Tumblr, Rotten.com, Hot or Not. Yes. Um, Check out our TF Nation video. Yeah, WebMD. See me sitting inside Optimus Prime. Mm. <laughs> you love saying that, don't did you? you yes. Did you go in Optimus Prime's passage? <laughs> no, but I did pull his horn. <laughs> 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 But thank you for joining us, and don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us a review. Key, stop playing with Megatron. That ain't the Transformer, by the way. And free reach that soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to our high-quality podcast. If you like what we do, you can support us by visiting patreon.com forward slash brumradio.